Welcome to the Pulse That Moves the Triangle World today. I'm Mary Innsbrucker, and this is Triangle 411. The one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, the environment, entertainment, and all kinds of other adventures. Think of it kind of as a conversation pit for comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, you name it. Today, we're very excited to have Jeff Allen with us, a comedy favorite. Jeff has appeared on Showtime, Comedy Central, VH1, and more. He starred in the critically acclaimed film Apostles of Comedy, the syndicated comedy series Bananas, his own one-hour comedy special Happy Wife, Happy Life, and the Warner Brothers comedy film Thou Shalt Laugh. Jeff has been featured at Montreal's Just for Last Festival and HBO's Comedy Arts Festival. Jeff's dry bar comedy videos have amassed over 100 million views on social media. Phew, that's a lot. Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> hey, good morning. <laughs> that's quite a resume you have. Yeah, I've been around since 1978, so it's a lot of years. A lot of years, and you've survived them all. Well, you know, at the time, I, I guess I can, yeah. yeah. At the Triangle 411, we like to do things a little differently than the standard stuff. So, yeah, we'll catch some of your background, but we'd like to intersperse it with some of your jokes from some of your material, if that's okay with you. Okay. Glad you said yes, because I'm not funny and I need you to carry us. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Let's just hit the, the regulars. Uh, where are you from and where do you live now? Where am I from? I grew up in Chicago, and I live in Nashville. Uh, my wife and I have been living there for 20, 20 some years now. Lot we we moved around a lot early in our marriage, but uh, from Boston to Jersey to Phoenix, and then settled into Nashville. Well, that's a lot warmer than Chicago. Oh my gosh! You, you know, in Chicago—that's where I grew up, uh, Sauk Village, uh, <laughs> out there by Chicago Heights. I went to Bloom. <laughs> Well, I know you're not fond of homeowners associations, and in this neck of the woods, <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. Uh, well, in our neck of the woods, let me tell you a couple of crazy stories. Uh, we have a, a mom in Garner who hung lights in support of her son, who's in the Army's 82nd Airborne Division, and caught slack that they look too much like Christmas lights, so she got slack from her HOA, and yeah. Right. And in Wake Forest, parents struggled with their HOA over a flag they displayed in honor of their their child killed in the Illinois mass shooting. Wow, that's why I live in the country. <laughs> um, I I know you kind of insist upon that from your experiences. Yeah, my wife and I, that was my one deal with Tammy. I said, well, I don't care where we live in Tennessee as long as there's no homeowners association. I was back in Phoenix where we lived. Uh, I was always butting heads. Um, uh, it, it may come as a shock to your listeners that a comedian might have a little trouble with authority. <laughs> I said, we didn't see eye to eye. I mean, they were always right. I call them Gladys Kravitzes, which I know is a dated reference, but I mean, uh, they would write me up. And um, anyway, when we moved to Tennessee, uh, I told Tam, I said, I don't care. I just don't, you know. And um, 
that's where we live. We live on the, we, it's my dirt. And I'm going to, at one point I wanted to put a car on blocks <laughs> on my front lawn with an American flag running through the center of it as my monument to freedom. So. <laughs> oh, I, I hear that. I hear that. Let's talk a little about uh, the America I Grew Up In tour. Jeff is going to be at the Improv in Cary on March 15th. Um, tell folks a little bit about that act. Well, it started with, um, the genesis of that started with when my daughter-in-law wouldn't let me put my grandson in the car without a car seat. And uh, I was going to take him to the playground. And he's five years old. He's about 75. I think he's on creatine. He's a huge kid. I mean, when he was born, he had a very large head. He looked like a Macy's float, actually, for about a year. And fortunately, his body grew into a skull. But um, <laughs> anyway, he's a huge kid. And I, and I started, when I got home, I had, to go, I had to go back home, get the car seat. I started ranting to my wife. In the America, I grew up in, we didn't even have seat belts. I walked the back seat of my mother's car. And how did we survive? Um, yeah, sure. Now she hit the brakes, I'd fly up into the front seat. She tossed me back like a trout. You know, and then we we keep going on, you know. And now I gotta strap my grandson in like a NASCAR driver driving two miles in the mini mart, you know. And I understand seatbelts. I'm not gonna not put them in a belt, but for God's sakes. And the man, it's, you know, anyway, that's what kind of started the whole thing. And, um, you know, I, I went on Google to find out what age you could take your kid out of the car seat. And, it, and it's not an age, cause I was thinking, you know, what is it, seven, eight, you know, 19, you know, here's your high school diploma. You get to ride home like a big boy in these old. And uh turns out it's a height. It's a height. Uh the government recommendation is four foot nine, which means the entire US female Olympic gymnastic team has to ride on a booster seat <laughs> to go pick up the gym the gold medals. And I started making notes about the differences and again it's not a judgment call on one generation to the next. It's just some observations about, you know, uh the nanny state. And their their intrusion into our lives, um, and uh, you know, again, you know, Tammy and I were talking about this. If we had raised our kids thirty years ago, uh, if we raised our kids today the way we did thirty years ago, we figured it out. We would definitely lose custody. <laughs> I don't think we'd go to jail, but we would lose custody for sure. I mean, we let our kids play in the street unsupervised. We just felt their intellect had evolved enough to get out of the way when a car came in a direction. And if it didn't, we would just go in the house and make another one. That was our thought. So, <laughs> you know, it's a joke. Don't send me an email, please. Oh, that sounds so funny. Well, you know, if you want to hear more of Jeff's act, again, the Improv and Carry, March 15th, now, a little side before we get into some of your DVDs, you've also written a book, My Life as a Bystander. Now, yes. how did you make that jump from, uh, you know, performer to author? Well, it was interesting. I had a co-author on the book. Um, I would just send her a pile of words, and she would kind of form it. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I sailed through school with a 2.0. I said, uh, punctuation was not my strong suit. I remember I would hyphenate, uh, thoughts. I, I, I would 
you know, right out of whatever I thought was a sentence, and I would hyphenate, you know, at the end of each thought, and then I would get my paper back and would have all these red periods and commas on it. <laughs> so I started putting a bunch of periods and commas at the bottom of my English papers with a note to the teacher. If you just put those where those belong, that would really help me out. <laughs> and uh, I sailed through school with a 2.0. So having a co-author was interesting because she would come back and a lot of the stuff was kind of in her voice and, and things and um, it was the process itself was was different stand-up comedy is all about editing and you know getting to the point and in a book you, you're allowed to you know to extend your thoughts and things so uh anyway we managed to get, get it done and get it published um but they're just funny stories you know well, that's something people should surely check out. Um, but let's go back to what we kind of started with just real quick, and then we'll go back to some regular questions again. But how about a little audio show from maybe one or two jokes from your Happy Wife, Happy Life DVD? Great. The floor is yours. Oh, you want me to do? Oh, I, I, I thought you were going to play a clip. Okay. <laughs> We're not uh, that fancy here, Jeff. We're not that fancy here. <laughs> oh yeah, I. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm getting put on the spot. Um, gee, I, happy wife, happy life. I'm trying to remember what uh, what was on that particular TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I know you have I a lot a brain, of them. The brain fog. Um, well, I guess the teenagers, I guess, you know, I always ask if there's, uh, you know, teen I believe teenagers are God's revenge on mankind. I really do believe that. Uh, I think one day God looked down over his creation and just said, let's see how they like it to create someone of their own image who denies their existence. Because <laughs> I've read the Bible and never mentions how old the devil was when he rejected God's authority. You know, if I'm guessing, 16 would be my guess. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I believe that the devil got his driver's license and drove to Georgia. That's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned the Bible, and that, that takes me kind of into a, a good segue to my next question. You're promoted as a clean and Christian comic, and I got to tell you, I've been to a lot of comedy clubs, and I never leave without a bushel full of F-bombs. <laughs> So, right. you know, I'm wondering, how do you get away with being clean and Christian in this culture? Uh, well, I got a thesaurus out. I'm a storyteller. So um, uh, I think that I wasn't always clean. Um, but I, uh, I don't know about the, my my son. The, the, the truth of it was my, my son was in fourth grade, I think, and he dropped an F-bomb and class and uh we got called in as you know my wife and i and uh i realized that uh, they were picking up stuff that uh i i wasn't proud of you know proud of so um i, I started paying my children a quarter for every bad word that came out of my mouth <laughs> so uh the first week they, they made some good money but uh <laughs> Did they amass After that, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I realized that if I if I was going to tell them to not use certain language, then I myself had to lead by example. So 
So, um, and it made me a better storyteller. It actually did. I tell young comics all the time today that, uh, you know, it, uh, it'll make you a better comedian if you get a thesaurus out and, and drop the, 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 the lazy language is what I call it. It's lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, you touched on something a little there too about truth and comedy. I think there's a lot of truth in your comedy, and I think that's one of the key to successes. You know, as a journalist, they always say write about what you know, and I think that right. applies to so many things in life. So, you know, somebody that just tries to piece together some kind of act, um, not always so successful as those who put truth in their comedy. Well, that's all. There's the stuff that made me laugh the hardest. Is if, if it was believable and uh, there was at least a, at the foundation of it some truth. You know, obviously you embellish and, and um, you know, to make it funny. But, um, the, you know, the foundation is, is true. You know, I, I do what they call coincidental comedy. Something happens. And then I'll talk about it. And if people relate to it, then we'll find, we'll com- we'll find some common ground in there. And, and hopefully we all laugh at it, you know, at our folly. Yeah. I guess the biggest compliment I get from people is you must be living in my house. (laughs) Well, that, well, that does make you laugh because you can relate to it. You know, almost, you know, a lot of people have a teenager. A lot of people have trouble with HOAs, you know, et cetera. And so, you know, that, then you can kind of laugh at your misery when somebody points it out on stage. Right. Yes, misery uh, loves company, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, time for another put you on the spot. A joke from either the three-word vocabulary CD or lock the door CD. Your choice. Or both. Oh, uh, three words. Well, the three words, uh, uh, the children, you can't argue with your team. I've learned that because they basically have a three-word vocabulary. And that was the genesis of the CD was, uh, uh, the word, you know, that, that sound, you know, that thing. That's one of the words that they have, you know, um, you got to pass your history test and you get that, you know, from them. <laughs> I go, is that a yes or no? What is that? <laughs> kind and of a that, mess. That, 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 that guttural, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get that all the time too. No, you can't spend the night at your friend's house. You're fun. The history test, you know, this incredulous from them. And then that word, whatever, uh, uh, that was the one that drove me insane. That, that came at different frequencies, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and that was the one where, uh, you know, I immediately, uh, uh, you know, it came out of their mouths. I'd point them right in the eyes, you know, just point, you know, just stop it with the, with the whatever. And, um, so, uh, the typical conversation that we would have, you know, um, oh God, I'm, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> it's weird not being on stage telling the stories. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's the gist of it. Three words, you know, um, that, that's the gist of it. What about lock the door? Oh my God. I shot, I, recorded that back in the 90s 20 years ago oh my gosh okay well that that is too much putting you on the spot so let's just yeah i don't even remember i don't couldn't tell you what was on that cd uh i sell them you know uh, people like them 
but uh, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, and and I can see you know where you would get kind of what which one's which because you've got this happy wife, happy life, and you got the three word vocabulary, and you got the lock the door, and you got a book, my life as a bystander, right. uh, and a couple more questions, and then we're going to get to what you're currently doing. So um, I wanted to ask you, what do you feel is your greatest challenge as a comedian? My greatest challenge? Um, wow. Uh, well, the travel. You know, at my age, I'm 63 years old. I've been at it for 40 years. So that's probably the greatest, you know, that, that's the most exhausting thing. Um, you know, I'm leaving. I'm in Columbus, Ohio tonight. And uh, I get on a plane tomorrow and fly to Mexico, uh, oh. Cabo, for a corporate show. And then I'm, I'm home. And then... Uh, for two days, I go to Vegas, so I'm uh, east coast, west, back to the central, and then out back west, all in, the, in less than five days, six days. Oh my so goodness! Yeah, I that's was, the biggest challenge. I was looking at some of your tour dates, and do you ever take? Uh, I'm always been curious about this for comedians because you, the nature of the beast is you're on the road all the time. But, um, yes. you know, do you ever like? Do you like do a lot of dates and then take two months off to be at home or it's just constant all year long that you're traveling like that? Well, I, I take, we just spent 10 days. We took 10 days and went to Israel, my wife and I, oh. which is not my idea of a vacation, but, <laughs> but, um, she sits at home all the time. So, you know, to me, it was just another, um, you know, another trip, but it was a blast. I mean, I, I it's the first time we went to Israel, and um, How just was a, that? an amazing, oh. amazing country. Amazing. What was the most amazing uh, thing at one about point that? We, what? What was the most amazing thing about it? You're saying amazing, amazing. Well, it was just, uh, uh, first of all, how safe we were. I mean, that, you know, you, uh, you, you're, you, I realized that my entire view of Israel is based on what I see on the news. And I thought that it was congested, crowded, you know, because everything they show is of crowded cities that, um, you know, so anyway, that, it, 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 nothing further from the truth. It was just a, just a beautiful country to drive around in. And then how close you are to people, all the hostilities. I mean, we were the last day we were sitting on the Sea of Galilee on a boat doing a worship service. And less than two miles away was Jordan, and then there was uh, Syria, was probably you know just you know a half hour away or whatever I don't know. But uh, and we went up to Golan Heights, and we were you know um, where you see that all in the new, you know the, the news, and um, and then historically, um, I'll never read the Bible the same. I mean, it's, it's you know to to go through all those cities, and now they have I now have a visual reference. What they were like, and then you see the excavations and stuff. You know, we in America think we we have history. It's 250 years. I mean, they were digging up stuff from 3,000 years ago. So um, it's it was um, fascinating. It really was. It sounds like a trip of a lifetime. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. So yeah. But and then you... I'm home, and uh, and now my body thinks it's in, in Israel right now. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, you're you're doing Don't a work. good job, Jeff. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know. And then when you mentioned the challenges of traveling, I mean, 
what about the good old days when you didn't have to take your shoes off and your computers out and your coat off and all that jazz? It's right. just traveling is like a whole new ball game now. Yeah, it is. Uh, Tammy and I, uh, Tammy hates it. Um, you know, her deal is she's going to come with me. I guess to five days, and there's an ocean somewhere near Hawaii. So, mm-hmm. uh, I guess the Sea of Galilee, which is really a lake, it's not a sea. <laughs> um, it's a pond, actually. It's not that big. But, um, yeah, we floated in the Dead Sea. But, yeah. Um, Interesting. She just doesn't. She just doesn't like it. And uh, when she gets patted down, she uh, she always looks at me and she goes, "I haven't been touched like this, not kissed in my lifetime." <laughs> so, I say, "Keep it up, baby. We'll never get out of the airport." <laughs> you know. Oh, I, I I imagine it'd be quite a trip to be married to you because you you just you're like. You just always kind of on stage, it seems. Then you can look at the funny side of things. Well, I try. You know, it keeps people loose. Keeping people loose is your job, and you do it very well. You can experience Jeff Allen at his work on March 15th at the Improv and Carry. Jeff, why don't you go ahead and give the folks your information? JeffAllenComedy.com. And uh, the tour is, uh, we're all over the place. So, um, yeah, we're all over the place. Uh, but, yeah, JeffAllenComedy.com. And then they can go to my Facebook uh, uh, fan page, Jeff Allen. And, and I think uh, Instagram is JAllenComedy. Yeah, uh, and and the Twitter, which, you know, <laughs> Twitter is a, is a completely different animal. I don't I read it and I just sit there and think of all these poor people sitting in their underwear just pounding out all this vitriolic, you know, bile. <laughs> you know, God I bless see. you, man. You know, changing I, the world one tweet at a time. <laughs> so. I sense another uh, act for you social media, the pros and cons. Yeah, I uh, believe me. I try to stay out of it. I don't. Uh, you know, I took a picture in, in front of the American embassy when we were in uh, Jerusalem, which I thought was really kind of cool. And I got six or seven people that dropped me as a as a fan. They go, I can't be your fan anymore. Oh. You're promoting Trump, and I said it's not Trump's embassy; it's the American embassy. Oh you my know? goodness! I, I did hear Trump had a couple of hotels. But he doesn't own any embassy. That's, you know. <laughs> anyway, well, I just you know I don't I don't know how people. I, I I can tell you this. Back in the '90s, when I was steeped in politics, I was never more miserable in my life than when I was a, a political animal. I I've just let it all go and leave it to the you know. My wife has some friends that one of them posts twenty to thirty times a day on Facebook and just hates what's going on in the world today. Just It's just one doomsday thing. And this poor woman is probably why I just got this image of this hagged out human being. <laughs> just, <laughs> she's worried about everything. With these, these bags under her eyes and her hair all disheveled and just I mean, it's pounding out one more thing that's going to just destroy the, the world as we know it. Oh, bless her heart. You know. <laughs> 
Well, that's why people like you are very valuable in today's society because you make us laugh. Take us away from that. Yeah, I mean, that's all I am. I, I always tell people, what, 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 do you, you know, what do you want to do with your life? I just like to be as a stretch. You know, give me an hour and let's just forget about all your garbage for a day, you know, for an hour. You exactly. Know, go to your car and, you know, that's it. I, I, I don't you know, add any more value to that. And it is valuable. I, it is. I, I go, you know, we go to movies, Tammy and I, because we just want to decompress. And I'm tired of turning on the, t- you know, with, you know, people telling me about the state of the world just make me laugh. I, <laughs> yes. I just want a distraction, you know, every now and then. You know, I mean, I can, it's ubiquitous. I can flip it out anytime I want, see the state of the world, and then I can go back to, you know, and then I'll go play some golf. <laughs> I hope they get to play in Mexico. Well, I hope you do, too. And again, for everybody looking for a laugh, March 15th at the Improv and Carry. Check their website because I think it is listed for five. But um, make sure you get tickets. I know I'm going to be there, Jeff. So uh... Well, it may be. <laughs> it may be. Um, I'm looking on my, on, the, uh, on my notes that I get, and it doesn't say. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's So it, it so. maybe it's a Sunday, so they may be putting me in uh, – Sometimes I go up before the uh, the seven o'clock. Oh, it is say five o'clock. Yeah. Okay. So it is. Great. Wow, beautiful. Okay. It's the senior. <laughs> it's the senior blue plate special show. <laughs> we'll get everybody home before the babysitter hits their medicine cabinet. <laughs> well, this has just been a real joy. I did get a lot of laughs, and thank you so much for being with us, Jeff. Well, thank you. Now. We always try to include a nonprofit or community service component to the show. So I wanted to share this info with all of you would-be comedians out there. The Pit, P-I-T, The Pit on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill offers some improv classes at discounted or no-cost options. If you commit to their work studies program for four months, so, like it's about a four-month term working four shifts a month, you will automatically earn two $50 improv class credits. This one I like a little better. It's a community survey because, I mean, how simple can that be? They're saying it takes about two minutes of your time, and if you do the survey, they will offer you a free two-hour improv class session. There's also Saturday drop-ins that are free with a suggested donation. If you'd like to learn more, go to thepit-chapelhill.com. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. This is Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Catch us on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google. Tune in. And uh, some of our future episodes include a touching story of canine Purple Heart recipient Labrador Retriever Sergeant Yeager and theories from a cat whisperer. Also, we'll be featuring some local events. Today, dot, 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 laugh till it hurts. (laughs) 